Hey, Mama, are you thirsty? It's September here in Pennsylvania, but it still feels like summer most days. A nice cold iced coffee might sound pretty good right now. And hey, if you want to go grab Starbucks, I won't tell anyone. But actually, that's not the kind of thirst that we are going to be talking about today. In today's episode, we are talking about spiritual thirst. Those times when you feel like you're in a dry, dusty desert and you haven't seen an oasis in months. Today, we're going to be talking about some ways that you can quench your spiritual thirst. Welcome to episode 51 of Redeeming the Chaos. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. I am a mom of four boys, an author, a Bible teacher, and a certified biblical parenting coach. This is the podcast for moms who may feel a bit frazzled and overwhelmed by the responsibility of raising boys. If you want your boys to grow up to be strong, courageous young men who are fully committed to following Jesus, this is the show for you. In all the chaos of raising boys, we recognize that Christ is the only one who can redeem the chaos in our world, our homes, and our own hearts. I know that I can't do this alone. I desperately need God to give me strength every step of this journey. But guess what? I also need you. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. I know you've been there. I know you've experienced times when your relationship with God felt dry and dusty. The demands of raising boys can often suck every last ounce of life from our souls. So what can we do when we're going through a period of drought? What can we do when we don't have one drop of joy left to pour out into our kids? We have a special guest on the show today who is going to help us answer some of these questions. Hannah C. Hall is a popular speaker and a best-selling and award-winning author of more than 30 children's books with over 1 million books in print. Her newest book is called Thirsty, 12 Weeks of Drinking Deeply from God's Word. Hannah and her husband and their five children live in Northwest Arkansas, where they share a small farm with dogs, cats, cows, and a flock of finicky chickens. You can find Hannah online at www.hannachall.com. Hannah, welcome to Redeeming the Chaos. Hi, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're excited to hear about your family and about some of your challenges with raising boys. And also, we are excited to hear about your new book that, that just recently came out. So you have two girls. We were just talking beforehand. You have two girls and then three boys. Can you just give us a quick rundown of the ages and kind of what stage of life your kids are in right now? Yeah, my oldest two are my girls. They're 13 and 11. And my boys are 9, 7, and 5. So we are busy, busy, busy. Yes. (laughs) Busy people. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And because we are all boy moms, a lot of our listeners, most of our listeners are boy moms. And I would love to hear your perspective on what is like having two girls at the beginning and then your three boys coming afterwards? What are some of the challenges that you have faced and just some of those differences that you've seen 
having the boys after the girls. Yeah. Well, there's definitely differences, aren't there? Yeah. My my girls are, are little mamas, which has been a huge gift to me, of course. I didn't plan on having five kids. And so when it became apparent that we would be having number five, especially, I was thankful that we started out with those two girls. But our boys, I mean, I... I remember a friend telling me like that she was surprised with how emotional her boys were. And, and I did think that my girls were fairly emotional, but I have discovered that my boys emotions are, I mean, there's a lot of energy there in boys anyway, but they put a lot of energy into those emotions. And I mean, (laughs) the good emotions and then the not so good emotions as well get their, their reactions are strong and they're quick and, and they're also so quickly, you know, righted. When they get off, they can they can get on faster too, get back on and and be okay. And so that of course has a learning curve to it of a little more me figuring out how specifically to deal with boy boy feelings, big feelings. <laughs> yes, for sure. They definitely have big feelings and their feelings are very physical. Like Yeah. Yeah, whoever whoever says boys don't have big emotions, they absolutely do have big emotions. Yeah. But they're expressed in different ways and they yes. often so much there's such a physicality to their emotions whether yes. it's anger or excitement or whatever has to come out physically in some way. So yeah, so that's definitely definitely a challenge that that I've been dealing with as well. Yeah. And I I don't know if this is true for you, but for other families who have had girls first, I kind of feel like that sets the stage and kind of sets the tone for the household a little bit. Like you said, like your girls are kind of mothering and helpful. And like, I feel, I feel like that kind of just brings the whole tone of the house just a little bit lower. Whereas yeah. sometimes if the boys are the oldest ones, it kind of elevates the energy right. of, of the rest of the house. Definitely. I had four brothers growing up and so, and they were too older and too younger. And so oh I feel like I just kind of, I, I just sort of blended in. I, I was just, <laughs> just lost in the shuffle. But my my girls do, it balances a little bit. Things things may balance a little bit easier than in, in other family dynamic situations. And so, But it's still fun because obviously you have that boy energy that really has to bring the rest of us out of our shells. Those of us who are more laid back and introverted and we've got these energetic kids flying off the furniture. It adds an element of fun for sure. Yes, for sure. Yes. And I know that in dealing with our boys and their energy and their big emotions, and I know that as moms, sometimes we just get wiped out. (laughs) We get drained of energy. We just get get overwhelmed. So I'm excited to talk about your new book in just a minute. But actually, first, before we get to that, you have written a very impressive number of children's books, 30 children's books with over a million in print, which is amazing. And those of you guys listening, I think that you would probably recognize a lot of Hannah's books. The God Bless series. So some of the titles are included are the God God Bless You and Good Night, God Bless Our Easter, God Bless Our Christmas. And if you saw the the covers of the books, you would definitely recognize them. I know I did. And what age group would you say that those that series of books is for? The God Bless series is about zero to four. They're the they're your board books. They're your ones good for babies to chomp on and good for to read real short right at bedtime. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I'll have links to all of these books in the show notes. And then you also did some Clive and Ivan books, which were part of the What's in the Bible series. And I'm 
curious. How did you make that connection? How did you how did you get to write some of those books? Yeah, that was a, a job that came to me from someone who I connected with on some other job. And so that was really fun to get to do because I had to get really familiar with those characters, which if you've watched the Watts in the Bible, they're funny and they're well-written and they're clever. And so I had to get really familiar with them. I had to watch a ton of those little videos to be able to write those books to fit the voice of the stories. So that was a super fun project. Actually, that sounds really fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I know my kids have enjoyed those videos and they're super educational, but yet they're entertaining. Yeah. And yeah. I love that they talk about like how the Bible came to be. Like, where did we get the books of the Bible? What are the, they kind of go into things a little deeper than just your typical yeah. Bible story, which I really, yeah. I really enjoy about those. Yeah, I do too. So then you kind of veered away a little bit from this world of children's books. And you wrote a devotional called Thirsty, 12 Weeks of Drinking Deeply from God's Word. I would love to talk about some of the reasons that we as moms often experience periods of dryness, spiritual dryness, when we just don't have joy in the Lord. We just don't even have a desire to be in His Word. What do you think, first of all, what do you think are some of the reasons that moms experience those periods of dryness? And then in a minute, we'll talk about maybe some of the solutions. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think across the board, obviously, as moms, we are giving ourselves all the time. I mean, if you're nursing, if you've got a new baby, if you're bottle feeding, you're up all night. It starts from straight off the bat. You're just exhausted. You're just giving, 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 giving. And that's important. That's part of it. We got to do it. But it's really easy to not take care of our own spiritual needs because we're so darn worn out. And God knows that. I mean, He gives grace for those seasons of life. He's He's not as hard on us as we are on ourselves, I think, at all in those situations. But it does add up when we have not been feeding ourselves off of the Word or getting that kind of nourishment, spiritual nourishment that we need because we're just tired. And then, of course, as the child grows and life just does become busy and you add on a couple more kids and then we're just distracted. We may still be tired and now we've got a dozen more things on our schedule. And so tiredness, distraction, sometimes it's really hard to prioritize just sitting down and getting in the Word because it doesn't feel as practical it doesn't feel like we're producing something. I struggle with that. And uh, in my case, that led me to do a lot of Bible studies, which were awesome. But then I would feel condemnation when I didn't do it very well or when I had to quit because I couldn't keep up. So for me, I would go from one extreme to the other of not doing anything and then trying to do too much. And then it is like that self-condemning, which is not from the Lord at all, but is often where we end up in it it can just be discouraging. So so what inspired you to to write this book? 12 weeks of drinking deeply from God's word. What was what was some of your inspiration and motivation to write this? Well, the timing was in my life I had been writing kids books. I'd had I'd been working on those series for example for several years and I'd had consistent work. And then all of a sudden I didn't. There was just a a big dry spell there. And I felt really frustrated by that. And a, a good friend suggested, why don't you try writing something for women? And you, I'd been writing for, for kids for so long. But prior to that, I had been a vlogger. And so 
they suggested a devotional, as a matter of fact. And I was like, ah, that's not really my thing. I don't really even read devotionals. There's nothing wrong with them. That's just not ever been the way I've studied my Bible. But as I started to think about it, if I did read a devotional, what would I want it to be? And that inspired me to write Thirsty because I I wrote it the way I study the Bible. And it really was this season of dryness that turned into something that was, for me, I mean, it's it's a whole new direction and it's exciting. And I'm So now I'm thankful as I look back on that time that was very difficult, but that's where my inspiration came from. So I imagine writing the book was a time of healing for your own soul and your own period of dryness, but then the result is that you are able to then help other people who are who are kind of going through a similar similar situation. Absolutely. So tell us how is this book different from a typical devotional? Yeah. Well, so when I felt like I don't know if I can write a devo because I don't do it the same as others. I don't I don't study my Bible the same. The, Thirsty is based on scripture meditation, the idea of meditating on scripture. So instead of a, a devotional that's like you get a quick glimpse at a, a, a quick verse and then you have read your devo and then the next day you moved on to something different, Thirsty focuses on one verse or short passage of scripture for a full week. So you're getting 12 different verses or short passages that you meditate on for a full week. I mean, there's still the the Devo there, but we're taking apart that verse and we're applying it and we're we're looking at the context and we're we're really sitting there for seven days. And so we can absorb more of what it's saying to us rather than just hurrying past it. Because I really have found that when I'm when I'm the most thirsty, I just need a long, deep drink, right? And so this is, while it doesn't take a lot of time, it is a deeper drink from the scripture that I want to study, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I love that they are still relatively short. So yeah. for moms who don't have a ton of time to dive into a really long Bible study, They still have time to do this, but yet they're still getting that depth of content and the depth of meaning from that passage and really digging into it. So I really love that because you're absolutely right. So many devotionals, it's like quick verse, quick thing, and then you're on to the next next day and you're just like, what did I just read? And usually they're not connected at all. Usually like from day to day, it's often a totally new concept or a totally new idea. Yeah. And they may not be, I mean, that doesn't mean they're bad. They'd be excellent. But if you move on the next day, you've forgotten and not really chewed on that truth and dwelled there for as long as, well, as long as it takes me to absorb truth sometimes. I need to sit there with it for a while. So why do you think this is important for us as moms to, to take that time to dig deeper into God's word and to spend time with the Lord? Why, why do we need to do that? Well, obviously, if we are completely depleted, then we've got nothing else to offer anyone, right? If if you're empty, then you can't be pouring out. And so the obvious answer is that we need to be filling ourselves with something good. And and what I was really missing out on in my earliest years of parenting, I'm trying so hard to be a good mom and just finding myself trying all the things and doing all the things. And I couldn't absorb big chunks of scripture. So I wanted to read my Bible. That was that was part of my my day because I knew it was important. But 
because of having kids in and out and and all the things that happens, I wasn't getting as much out of it as I wanted to. It, it didn't seem as as beneficial. And I realized like it wasn't affecting my daily life. I would read my Bible in the morning, but then I'd you know, forget what I read. It wasn't affecting it. And I was like, what is the point of doing this if it doesn't change me? If I don't start actually believing these promises that I'm reading and and living and acting like it, living like it. If God's love for me is steadfast and never changing and he's faithful to all generations, that should affect my day today. That's not just some pie in the sky promise. That's like he loves me today. So when I really screwed up this morning, he loves me. It it is a it is a applicable truth every single day. The the truth of God's word is applicable to us every day, especially when we're in the thick of parenting and we need nourishment and we need the good news of the gospel over and over and over again. Yeah. And I I think sometimes when we are in those periods of dryness, going to the scripture or going to to Jesus isn't always our first resource isn't isn't always our first thought. I think sometimes we try, we're like, I know that I'm dry. I know that I'm needing something. I know that I'm feeling empty, but yet we go to all of these different things to try to fill ourselves up. We go to, maybe it's food, maybe it's social media, maybe it's TV, maybe it's friends. Like we are kind of running around trying to find what it is that will fill us up and will actually satisfy us. Yeah. But in the end, it's just, it's Jesus. It's Jesus and his word that will ultimately satisfy us completely right. and fill exactly. us. I love, and th- maybe this is part of, of your book. I haven't had a chance to look through the whole thing yet, but the verse in John 7, 37 and 39, and Jesus stood up and said, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within him. And I just love that picture of drinking of Christ. And then, like you said, overflowing into the lives of others when we are filled up. And we've we've talked about this on this podcast before that as moms, we need to be filled with Jesus yeah, so that we can pour out into the lives of right. others. And it's not like we're going to be depleted. Right. You know, never there's ending. so much of Jesus. <laughs> there's yeah. so much of Jesus to overflow. It's not like w- when we give out that we're going to now be empty because we've given everything out. It's like, no, we're going to be constantly filled. Exactly. If we're staying connected to him. Yeah. And who doesn't want that? It's like when we when we when you hear that verse you're like, "Yes, please, that's what I want." And yet I still try to go to a, a cup of coffee to satisfy yep. my like oh, like yeah. I think that's going to fix it. And but when we're meditating on God's word, we don't have to have the Bible right open in front of us because if we're storing it in our head and in our heart through scripture memory, then it's with us all the time. So when we find ourselves needy, we've got it accessible in us and the Holy Spirit will bring it to mind and and fill us through that. And so it is a never-ending well that we get to enjoy. It it can be true for us. And I think that's one of the things that your book does is that you are meditating on that one passage. And so it's in your head. It's in your yeah. mind day after day. And I imagine by the end of the week, you probably have that passage memorized, or at least you can try yeah. to work on that throughout the week. And then and then you have that to access right. throughout Anytime. the day, yeah. throughout the rest of your life. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit can bring that verse back to your mind. So what does a typical week look like in your book? So there's seven readings, Mm -hmm. seven daily readings, and then there's 12 weeks total. So what is included in like a daily 
yeah. reading. What all does that look like? Well, it's there's always the first day always is a call to memorize. Start trying to memorize this scripture. And I know a lot of us struggle with scripture memory. I certainly do. And so there's an intentionality required to it. But hopefully as you're going through the book, you're thinking on it so much that it's it works with that attempt to memorize the scripture. So you're really thinking on it for a full week. But so each day you you read the same verse and then there's a short devo. It should take you I mean, five minutes to read, really. It's not long. And then there's always a couple of questions. And in the devos, we do discuss context. There's sometimes word study, not a whole lot. There's obviously an anecdote that we apply to ourselves. There's how does this change me? And that's days one through five. So I really set it up. So if you want a Monday through Friday type, a little bit more time. And then on your weekends, you've got a time to journal. And so that's up to you. What what has God taught me this week? Is there a sin he's exposed that I need to confess and be made new through? Or is there something about God that I learned this week? Is there something about myself that I learned? And so there's a time for journaling. And then on the seventh day, there's a time for rest. Like just enjoy the truth of this scripture. What is it? How does it change us today? And so there's no call to action on that day, but just to rest because I know how it is. I mean, I still want to read my Bible on the weekend, but we don't, we just don't have as much time. And so hopefully that plays into how other people's schedules are laid out as well. I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier. You touched on it briefly, but tell me about a time in your life that you were feeling spiritually thirsty or spiritually dry. And how did drinking deeply of God's word, how did staying connected to Christ affect your life during that yeah. time? Well, I I really talk about it in the introduction of the book, how this idea, not the idea for thirsty, but the idea just to meditate on scripture sort of came to me. It's not a, a fresh idea. It's an ancient spiritual discipline, but I had young kids at home. My husband's a worship pastor. I was teaching Sunday school and and I think also participating in a Bible study. I was doing all of this stuff because I like to do things. I, I want to do good things. And and they were important to me, but I, I still found myself suddenly like I'm still depleted. I'm still thirsty. What what is this about? I don't understand why I'm not more joyful why I don't have more energy for the Lord, why my prayer life is flat. I don't feel the Holy Spirit working in me. So I just had this realization of my, something was missing. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit um, spoke it to my heart. I didn't hear any out loud voice, of course, but just that reading the Bible is not a race to the finish. It's okay Mm. to slow down. When we are feeding off of his word, we can't stuff it all in at once. Just exactly like when we're feeding ourselves with actually physical food, if we stuff it all in at once, we're we're uncomfortable. It it doesn't nourish us in the way it should. Um, and so it's it's okay. I felt God tell me to slow down and just start small. And, and we've got the rest of our lives to read the Bible. It's not like we read it once and we're finished. So you might as well sit with a passage and enjoy it as long as it takes. You know, get as much out of it as long as it takes to get there and be like, I believe this. This changes me. I've, I've got it hidden in my heart. It's true. And when I shifted the way I was studying the Bible, there's nothing wrong with Bible studies. Hear me when I say that. There's there's certainly a time for read through the Bible and a year plans. I've done those. There's nothing wrong with those. But personally, in that busy season, in that exhausting season, when I shifted to just allowing myself to focus on one small truth 
that for me was the most refreshing and nourishing way that I could study the Bible. And it's continued to be one of my favorite ways to study the Bible. Yeah, I think that we often think that we have to get a certain amount Mm-hmm. done, or we have to get a certain amount checked off the list. And it's like, well, if I haven't read an entire chapter, yeah. then I didn't do enough, or that's not good enough for for God. But yes, I love just the idea of slowing down with, with scripture. And I think there's definitely different periods of your life, different yeah. seasons of your life. There are There is time for something like this. And then other seasons, there's time for a speed read through exactly. the entire Bible in a month. Obviously not that not that best. I am actually doing the the Bible recap. Are you familiar with that? I don't um, think so. Tara Lee Cobble. Tara Lee Cobble. It's it's a it's reading through the Bible in yeah. a year, but there's like a podcast that goes along with it and and things like that. So I'm actually doing that right now with some with some other ladies and it's been really good and it's actually been one of the first times that I've actually been able to stay on track with yeah. reading the bible in a year but I will say one of the things one of the frustrations that I have is that I want to slow down a little bit more I'm like I really want to dig in a little bit deeper to this passage and sometimes I do but then I in the back of my head it's like but no I got to keep going or I'm not going to get done in time I'm right. not going to I got to keep right going. and I do think that there is value in yeah. Seeing the Bible as a whole, of course. seeing the big picture and reading it in a short period of time, I think yes. there is a lot of value to that. Definitely. But then maybe the next year, the next season of life, right. take that time and be like, I'm going to read through the Bible in five years and yeah. I'm going to get through the whole thing and yeah. I'm going to spend my, like dive in really deep. And And I appreciate what you said at the beginning too about you were committed to serving in Sunday school and serving your kids and you were kind of doing all of the things. And I think that we often think that service to God is equivalent to our relationship with God. And that we think that the more we serve and the more things we're involved in, the closer we're going to be to God. And that's not always the case. And actually, it's often not the case. Service is very good and God does want us to serve the body of Christ. But if we're trying to do that out of our own strength and if we're trying to do that without staying connected to the Lord then it's just going to fall flat and we're just going to be exactly totally yeah. poured out, totally empty. Yeah. So I, I love that you were able to to realize that and to spend that time with the Lord and just to, to slow down and dig deeper into, into the scriptures. It's definitely a, the temptation for me is to check something off. And mm-hmm. scripture meditation doesn't necessarily give you a check off box. You don't get a clean break from that scripture when you've read through it. But I do think there's great value in it. And it has refreshed my soul. But you're right. I mean, reading through the Bible and, and reading big chunks, there are definitely appropriate times for that. And I've found that if I'm reading through a big chunk and I see a passage I want, hey, I need to go back to that. We could just jot that down. And it's as simple as I'm going to return to that when I have more time and meditate on it. And so there's certainly times and seasons and God knows what season we're in. Mm -hmm. I forget that sometimes. Like he knows we're busy or exhausted. There's not condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. And so we can, we can rest with where we are, rest at his feet one day and, and serve our hearts out the next, as long as our, our hearts are committed to, to honoring him and whichever one we're doing. One of the ways that I have found to be really helpful in meditating 
on the Lord, or sorry, meditating on scripture is actually writing out the passage. Mm -hmm. I feel like that just the act of just copying the scripture, like not even taking notes or analyzing, but just copying the scripture is a great way to just get it into your mind and then just slow down. to write it out in cursive if you have to, because that'll take you a lot longer. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, just just slowing down and taking that time to really, really soak it in. Mm -hmm. So we're almost done here, but I would love for you to encourage moms. What would you say to moms who don't even have a desire to be in God's word? Like they're like, well, I know that I should do this. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. It's kind of the last priority on my list. And I don't even... Yeah. have a desire to do that. How how would you encourage moms like that? Well, I've been there too. So, I had I had a mentor at one time and I was confessing to her that I just really don't desire to spend time in the word. And she reminded and and reassured me that we can ask God for anything. Hmm. And so, he says if we ask him for anything, if according to his will, he he hears us and if we know that he hears us that we have what we asked. And so, I'm pretty certain that praying to ask God to help us love the Bible and want to read the Bible is according to His will. And so I think it starts with prayer. Just if you're in one of those times when you're just like, I'm not that interested or I don't have time, I don't really want to make this a priority. I may know I need it, but I just don't have it in me. I think you can start praying. Just ask God, help me to want this. Yeah. You know, help me to desire your word. And and I, He will. He did for mm-hmm. me. And he, and I think he I think we can be guaranteed he wants what's good for us. And being in his word is is good for us. It reminds me of that verse where I think it was a man that Jesus healed. Jesus asked him, Do you believe? And he said, I do believe. Help yes, my unbelief. Help my unbelief. <laughs> exactly. And Jesus was Jesus was good with that. Yeah. I mean, he he liked that answer. And so God knows our hearts. We can confess. I I'm having a hard time with this. And he meets us where we are. Well, Hannah, we have really appreciated your encouragement for moms, and I feel encouraged just through this conversation, and I am excited to share your new book with our listeners. So tell us where we can find out more about you and where we can get a hold of your new book. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, Lori. You can connect with me on Instagram at Hannah C. Hall 1, and uh, Facebook, of course, Hannah C. Hall, and my website, hannahchall.com. And you can get the book wherever books are sold. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Hannah C. Hall. And I will have links for you in the show notes for you to purchase Hannah's new book, Thirsty, 12 Weeks of Drinking Deeply from God's Word. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 51 of Redeeming the Chaos. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources to help you raise courageous boys, go to redeemingthechaos.com. 